0: Hello and welcome to the podcast. This episode, uh, I have a guest named Amia. She's a fantastic artist. We had a great conversation uh, and I'm sure that you will enjoy it as well. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today I have a guest, Amia. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. Um, it's, a, it's a hot sunny day in in new york and i have no complaints how are you
0: i'm great i'm great it's it's warm down here too i'm i'm in uh, south georgia right above florida so uh we're we're coming to the really really hot time of the year which is honestly most of the year
1: <laughs> ooh yeah i i remember i grew up in florida so i definitely remember those summers
0: mm-hmm. well, uh where in florida did you grow up
1: um, in Tampa.
0: Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, and I'm sure it's way hotter down uh, in Tampa. It's a uh, it's a big city. Um, how, how did you like it there?
1: Um, I think as a kid, it was you know to me it it was magical at the time. And um, my family moved around a lot, so I only lived in Tampa until I was 12, and then I moved to Wisconsin. And then went to school in Miami, and then my parents moved to Pennsylvania, and then I moved to New York. So, been a lot of jumping around. But whenever I think about uh, my time there, I it it felt really fun, and um, I look back on it rather fondly and nostalgically.
0: Yeah, wow, you you've bounced around to a lot of places. Uh... So, so you went to school at uh, the University of Miami's Frost School of Music.
1: Yes, yes, I did.
0: Uh, what, what was it like going there?
1: It's very interesting. I think um, for me, I had never really imagined myself going to music school, honestly. And a big reason why, beyond like scholarship and financial reasons, I decided to go there it was because it was attached to a a big university. So I'd always felt like even though I wanted to study music, I had in the back of my mind that I was possibly gonna do something else. So to be kind of in a situation where just the nature of the course load that I was in for my major, I ended up having like a fully music, almost conservatory like experience. So I think it was a little bit of a shock going from, doing regular school to doing music all the time and the first couple years were a little bit rough for me to be honest. I think I uh, just wasn't sure what I wanted to do and I felt pretty stuck in whatever I was doing at the moment and uh, it took a little while for me to find my footing but I was very fortunate and I had a group of friends who were in my, my major, there was only like seven of us and uh, after a while, I think we got really close. And I think that really changed my experience and my perspective of kind of what it meant to like work in music and uh, the kind of world that I would be in once I graduated. So I would say it was it was interesting and I'm grateful for the experience, but it definitely wasn't the way that I imagined it, which was very romanticized and, and perfect and beautiful.
0: Yeah, sometimes reality does that to you, um, but I, I, I really, I really think it's kind of, kind of good because I, I mean, like going to college, it kind of opens your mind up to a lot of different ideas uh, that you may not have ever uh, come across. So um, it's it's good that you did that.
1: Totally. Yeah, I think if I didn't go to school, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't. I almost like I I went to school hoping that, I guess that's the reason why most people go to school, that I would like gain the skills that I didn't have before. And I don't think I would have ever thought to pursue music production or be on that side of things without at least being exposed to other students who were doing that, even though I wasn't really producing as much at the start of my career at Frost.
0: So, uh, how was life in uh, Pennsylvania?
1: Um, Pennsylvania was interesting. I feel like it's it's not technically a place that I lived in because my family moved there right in the middle of school, uh, in the middle of college, and so I only I'm only ever there during holidays and like a few weeks in the summer. So. I still don't know anyone really around the neighborhood. and It's whenever I visit, it's just to see my family. So it almost feels like going to like a deserted island and they live in like a, a really suburban rural area in Pennsylvania. So it always, it kind of feels like a different world, to be honest, every time I visit.
0: Yeah, I, I can imagine. To, uh, so uh, like several years ago, I took a trip and uh, I, I drove all the way from South Georgia to uh, Boston, so I, I drove through New York and then I visited a friend in Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania, uh, surprised me that it's more it is more rural uh, than Georgia. And yeah. So it's like everywhere you go, it's just nothing but trees and mountains. So.
1: That is so true. Yeah, which is which is crazy to think about because, like, I don't know. You think Georgia, like it's the South, like there would definitely be more land i guess and in my head i always think pennsylvania oh like philadelphia like that's you know super metropolitan um but that's like just a little pocket and everywhere else is is so different and i um was very surprised i continue to be
0: hmm. uh, so how long have you been in new york now
1: i've been living here for a little over two and a half years and yeah, it's about to be. We're approaching three years of living in Brooklyn now. Three years. Hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Now, Brooklyn is not the the side of uh, New York that I went through. I, I went through the Bronx, so um, I really didn't get to see much of New York. But uh, it, it it's a pretty cool town from the little bit that I did get to see. Um, I, I'm sure it's uh, probably presenting you a lot of opportunities
1: yeah absolutely i i think brooklyn is great and uh whenever you get the chance like definitely hop on over because i um i've i've always been so inspired by the city and i think a huge part of what made the first couple years really special for me was all the opportunities to to play shows and i am not like a I have my driver's license, but I, I don't drive. So the idea of like meeting new people and like networking didn't really seem possible anywhere without like great public transportation. So it felt pretty natural in addition to just like my own like dreamy, like romanticism of, of New York. And it felt it felt right to go here just because it felt like, oh, I could really like, you know, meet someone for coffee and then go to this gallery and at night, go to this show. And that was kind of the lifestyle that I wanted. And I think the city really provided that for me.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many, uh, really awesome things about, uh, New York city. Uh, mm-hmm. like there's, uh, like there's, there's, there's like secret bars where you go, like walk into a place and, uh, grab a phone, type in a number. And then, then you can go through a, a hidden door and, um, all kinds of really Uh, and interesting like art places uh, and um, uh, restaurants so uh, I'm I'm, I'm sure there's so much to experience that you haven't even um, touched it yet
1: that is so true yeah um you're so right about that I I don't even know about I was probably like the hundreds of little hidden gems and um now you got me thinking that I gotta I should be really looking out for those
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I've I've watched a lot of like TED talks over the years, and I, I've uh, I, I've seen like a, a bunch of different uh, uh, interesting things about uh, New York City. Um, I, I know like uh, like there's some people that um, I, I think they're called like urban photographers or something like that. Uh, but basically, like they they kind of like break into places and go to and places that. People don't normally go that are like closed off and like there's entire parts of the city that is forgotten and Mm. uh like there's a um like there's a train station that's that's hidden away that uh i've seen pictures of and it's it's absolutely gorgeous
1: yeah yeah i think i know what you're talking about it is so so beautiful
0: Mm -hmm. so uh so on on your bios I was looking here and uh uh i see that you were featured on b uh, b c radio uh m t v europe and netflix um uh, uh, how, how was uh how was it working with those uh, three groups
1: um it was it was very cool very interesting and not what i expected i guess i think um not too different from working with, I guess, smaller companies or smaller acts, Um, I'm not sure what to call it, but I think the process was relatively the same. And the only thing that was different, it was, I I just think the name, um, like with uh, BBC Radio, um, that was like an opportunity that I got from collaborating with my friends and this, this great pop, Duo band, Son of Cave, and that came like rather organically through social media and uh, happenstance that it was it was played on played on the radio, and then with MTV Europe, that came from a YouTube cover of "Wake Me Up When September Ends" that I did like the summer before my junior year of college. And I was moving out of this house that I had been staying in over the summer and my roommates had moved before me. So the entire house was completely empty. And I was living by myself for like a couple weeks and was feeling really lonely. And it just reminded me of this song, which was like playing at my fifth grade graduation. And for some reason, I don't know who was looking up, very tiny, very late covers of Green Day, but it was used for the promotion of one of their documentaries of Green Day. And so both of those things happened to be a a luck thing. And with Netflix, um, I had a friend who was working for a film composer at the time who was making the music for this like children's TV show called Harvey Girls. and they needed like a young crew of like female vocals to to track for some of their songs. And so um, I was still, you know, it wasn't anything fancy. I wasn't in a fancy studio. I did it, uh, I recorded it the way I record all my music, which was in my room, on my laptop. And so, yeah, I just uh, kind of very cool in uh, as an idea, but nothing too different from what I usually do, to be honest. Hmm.
0: Well, that's cool, kind of cool. I, I mean, uh, I'm a fan of uh, a lot of the stuff that BBC puts out. I'm a big Doctor Who fan.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah.
0: And uh, um, uh, MTV, it, they've changed a lot over the years. And then, uh, of course, Netflix, uh, they, they are putting out um, really interesting programming, uh, really, really good programming to be honest, uh, over the past several years. So
1: absolutely. Yeah.
0: I mean, uh, it, it must've felt really good to, to work with, um, you know, all three of those.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I'm, I'm so proud of like those opportunities. And I think, uh, it's like, uh, a, a really exciting thing. And I think I really liked that it was very normal process too. I think if it was, super glamorous and glitzy and extremely high stress I think it would have turned me off to things like that and I I like that it it doesn't seem too far out of reach to be part of something that's so special.
0: Hmm. So um, I see that you've collaborated with uh, several artists uh, over the years um, who, who have been the uh, the best ones to work with
1: Ah. <laughs> they're they're all so great. I feel like I'm I'm so so lucky that the internet has for some reason connected me to these people that I would have I've never would have met any other way. Um and I I love all of my collaborators, but the handful that I feel like have have really just like definitely changed me as an artist and are people that are like near and dear to my heart. Um, the first one that comes up in my head is my friend Charlie, who has his project Dumu and has recently been just crushing the game in terms of being a producer for other artists, he was like recently signed to uh, Warner Chapel Publishing, and I, we have been working together for years now, and uh, we're in like the SoundCloud, EDM, future bass world for a while and slowly have like cultivated a mutual love for pop music and realized that we make music really well together and we can make it very fast together. So um, he's just been someone who just like keeps me on my toes musically and I'm so proud of everything that we've been working on and we're like working on our own like side project um, over like the past couple months. So he's the first collaborator that I think of. Um, A couple more, I love working with um, this amazing artist. Her name is Roisin and she's, I think, just got one of the most incredible voices, but like more than that, like her perspective and her like emotional vulnerability is it's something that I like, I think like over the years, she's a little bit younger, not that much younger, but I'm always like joking about how I'm like so much older than her, even though I'm like maybe two or two or three years older than her. Um, But I always feel like I just like hold on to a lot of cynicism and just like pessimism when it comes to writing, especially like writing like love songs or anything like that. And so, um, I, like, have been through at least, like, two or three, like, major relationships and hearing about her, like, first experiences really, I don't know, put me back in, like, a a very special place emotionally. So I think she's been so inspiring to work with and write with and um, trying to think. There's so many. I could talk forever about my collaborators. And then um, my last one would be um, my friend Laxity, who… I think his production has like no real, um, like generic form or structure. So it really pushed me to write lyrics that weren't just like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, and really think like, Oh, like, um, I, I should really just try to tell a story and not be so constrained to like certain music rules that I think, um, are, are necessary, but, I think definitely put writing in a box. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to those three for now. But I could definitely talk forever about every person I've worked with.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it. Uh, It sounds like you've you've worked with some uh, really great artists that are uh, uh, really talented.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm yeah, just so stoked about it. And oh, and I, I I have to mention, um, one more person because I, I would feel so like he, um, has been in my band since college and also moved to New York for a couple of years and has been my keyboardist. Um, and we've written together on a few songs and he's just a very great pianist and musician overall. And, I think him, I'm such a words and melody person and he's very much like harmony and chords. And I, I've i learned a lot from just watching him play and um, having him recontextualize how my music feels based on the chords and the notes that he chooses to play. So that's it, I'm gonna stop talking about all of that <laughs>
0: Now that's cool. I I mean, uh, you know, finding out like what you as an artist uh, like working with is is really, really a big part of uh, of this podcast. So uh, I I really like hearing, uh, you know, everything that you've done to get to the point you are now, as well as, you know, all of the interesting people that you've worked with, uh, you know, across all of that. Now I uh, I was actually looking at your uh your YouTube earlier and I see that you've been posting videos for like 13 years.
1: <laughs> yeah, I have.
0: Yeah. So uh like you, you can you can really see um how you've how you've grown over the years. Uh, and uh, like I, I like a lot of your your videos because you're you're with like a, a keyboard or a piano um you know with with your laptop there uh just just making your music and it uh to me it, it makes you uh feel like like really real and i i always always like those like insider views of uh, of artists
1: oh thank you i appreciate that yeah i i definitely feel like something that remains a big part of my identity and my artistic identity is that um i I never want to be like I, I want to create and and make you know um really tell stories like to its fullest and and pull out like the bells and whistles for for all those things like i I don't mind playing dress up and uh I don't know really putting on a show with all the little things that I do but Making sure that people know that it, you know, there is no machine or anything, and if there was, I would, I would definitely be like right there with my like phone camera, like showing everyone what's going on, because um, I think that's, I don't know, I think that's really important, and I, I have always, I think I've been inspired mostly by artists who, who do that, and I just feel like it's, uh, it's cool to like pull the curtain back and. I mean, there's nothing really special about what I uh, kind of like what I was talking about with like MTV Europe and all that stuff. Like, like this, the, the mechanics is all the same. Like I may be like a little bit better at like be- better at playing piano and singing and writing and, and operating a computer, but it's nothing different than what I was doing when I was like 11. So I, yeah, I feel, I don't know. I look back in those videos and it's, it's it i cringe a little bit because i i'm like oh like wow like i just sound so bad and this has so many views but i i just like love that like it's i think like i'll always have like that kind of like diy energy and i no matter like even if life changes for me and um i happen to win the lottery and get like a huge deal or something like I think I'll always want to have to like have my hands on everything that I'm creating. And even if it looks like, well, this is definitely her bedroom and that's her computer in the back and, and all of that. And those are like her pillows and stuff that haven't been like perfectly placed. And so, yeah, that's my, my take on that. And it's funny that you came across those videos. Cause I was literally just talking to a friend the other day about, Like potentially taking them down because there's so many of them and i don't even know like what's been going on in the youtube comments or um who's been watching like very very like uh awkward teenage me on the internet so that's uh it's funny that you mentioned that
0: Mm -hmm. well i I personally i i I find it uh, really cool Uh, and i'm I'm sure uh, other people do as well because i mean like i said like um you know so Uh, like 13 years of of you growing as an artist and uh it to me it's is really really great to see you know how you started to how you are now Uh, so there's the there's that there's that uh there's that progression that you get over the years that's great
1: yeah yeah I'm proud of it
0: now um we're I'm assuming you you were probably uh uh, already making some music before you got into YouTube what, what made you decide to uh, start posting on YouTube
1: um I I'm trying to remember the first video that I posted on YouTube was of I didn't even post it it was my dad actually my channel is um I don't know if you saw the URL but it's still a-t-e-v-i-l-e at vile because at vile was my dad's like username for the YouTube channel. And then I just, I took it after and he just posted like a a piano recital video. And I think I'd always like, when YouTube like came into the world, I would just spend hours watching random people sing Rihanna covers on their toilet. And I was just, I, I loved it so much and I, was also jealous. Like I saw kids just have like hundreds and thousands of views. And also like, it was very different back then. Like, I think the algorithm was different. And there was less like production value needed in order to make it on YouTube. So I, I think I saw that. And I was like, I, you know, I'm just a kid. Um, I have parents that will definitely not let me play in bars or venues or anything like that. So it just felt like, I, I had big dreams even back then. I was like, you know what? In order for me to be a singer, like I should definitely start posting YouTube videos of me singing and just like wait it out until I'm 16 so I could try it for American Idol or something. So it was just like part of this like master plan that I had to become a star or something. And that, that really was what did it, I think. Um, having my dad just like create an account and just being able to like watch YouTube videos, I think like, I just kind of snuck in the idea and just like asked for like his user and password and started like posting covers myself and, and yeah. And then the rest is history. I don't know. I, I not really sure beyond that thought process. Um, what, what else I was thinking. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, it, it sounds like you, you started with an idea in, um, in that idea, I believe you see that it's coming to fruition.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I, I think that, um, even though I don't really do covers like that anymore, I think it just really made me, uh, I think like the, the real things that I learned were like to listen to so much music and learn it and learn it fast and just kind of just take risks like every single week with like pressing upload. And I think going through that like week after week for years, like makes everything now, like even though like the stakes might be a little bit higher, feel less scary because it's been something that I've done for uh, a hot minute.
0: Well, I mean, it, it's it's definitely got you somewhere, and you, you know, uh, I've I've listened to um, one of the newer songs that you've put out, uh, uh, "Proof," and it, just everything about that song sounds sounds great. I mean, uh, really good production, just just everything about it, um, I loved. Um, it looks like uh, that's uh, one of three tracks that you've put out this year. Um, do you do you have anything coming up?
1: Yes, I have a new single coming out next Friday, called "Bet You Left It Out," and it's part of my upcoming album that I'm hoping to release before the end of the year. But I've I've since decided to kind of leave my plan and schedule a little bit more open-ended and just seeing how each of these singles go. But yeah, this is, uh, this is one, one of, one of many singles that I'll be putting out this year. So yeah, I do have something coming out.
0: Well, that's pretty exciting. Uh, I mean, with, with the, the new track and and especially the, uh, the album, uh, that's, that's a lot to, uh, look forward to as, uh, you, you know, for you as an artist and for me as someone who, you know, listens to the music. So
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm so excited. I I think it's one of um like a couple of things that I, I was very proud of. This was um a song that I played live for the first and only time, like about a year ago before lockdown happened. And the rest of the song um was like self recorded and self-produced and I think this year has been like a big year in terms of just growing as a musician. And I think there are definitely some choices, um, at least in the instrumentation that I feel have been challenging and good for me to do. And I'm just excited for people to hear like a song that was, is me through and through. And it sounds big, I think. I think I've always been like rather scared of making something that sounds huge, in uh, and just just doing it on my own, so I'm a very scared. Oh yes. There we go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I, I lost you there for a second.
1: All good. All good.
0: Yeah, but uh, I, I mean, I, I mean, definitely, you, you know, keep at it. I, I mean you know, looking at your, your most popular tracks on, uh, on Spotify, uh, um, you're doing fantastic with, uh, uh, you know, teleprompter, uh, just try and talk, you, you know, getting several hundred thousand, uh, listens. I mean, that's, that's fantastic.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, I'm so, so proud of those three songs, especially, and I'm, it's always like a, it's a, it's just incredible for one person to hear the song all the way through, you know, and with, with all of their focus and attention. So to ha- to see those numbers on everything, but it it means a lot in, in just being able to see that there is like a way to know that X amount of people have listened to, to this song, or one person happened to really, really love this song and listened to it hundreds of times. Um, either one is is pretty fantastic to me
0: wow (laughs) yeah well I mean like you know if a song's good enough putting it on repeat is 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 pretty awesome
1: (laughs) totally and I feel like I'm that kind of person too like I make these playlists for myself and I honestly on any given week I really only listen to maybe three or four songs over and over I just I if I like something I just I'm so obsessed with it and um if anyone ever feels that way about my music that is the greatest honor really
0: yeah uh see i kind of bounce back and forth like i I used to uh you know like put like put on an album or maybe like a select uh number of tracks and you know listen to all of that uh lately i've been you know more into like using like uh the algorithm like i i I personally use um uh, YouTube music, and uh, it's it's sort of like Pandora and Spotify, where it, it kind of figures out what you like. And uh, I like really exploring new music, uh, and these these are great ways to do that because, I mean, it, it really kind of opens opens you up to hear something that you probably would have never heard before, and uh, maybe open your mind as something that you um, didn't know you liked.
1: Yeah, I I think the algorithm has led me to so many of my favorite artists and I completely agree. YouTube music is great. And um, when I was in middle school, all I did was listen to Pandora like past my bedtime and like write down the names of the artists I really liked and then try to find them on YouTube later. and um i don't know if i was like in the library would try to find their like cds and stuff so i think they're you know as complicated as and powerful as an algorithm can be on any platform i think the good of it is like you said like just like finding new stuff that's exciting and becomes like a part of your daily soundtrack
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's crazy that you know, it can figure out the things that you like that you don't even know that you like.
1: Yeah, so crazy.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so what other uh, social media do you use? I I see that you have a uh, Instagram and, and Twitter. Um, uh, do you use like uh, TikTok or anything else?
1: I I do use TikTok. Um, I have a couple of videos, but I think. I'm just not as even though I, I love I love watching TikToks so much and I feel like I would also love creating them. It just has has not been as easy for me. I think I maybe I just talk too much or um maybe 30 to 30 seconds to a minute is just not enough time for me to ramble. But it just has been rather hard for me to break in, but it's been very good for me creatively to kind of listen to other artists or be just entertained in a short amount of time from TikTok. It just I think has just taught me a lot from just being like a consumer of content. Um So you can catch me definitely scrolling for hours and like commenting and, and whatnot. But I'm, I'm not as active as I'd like to be. But maybe maybe that might change. Um I definitely I definitely like get very inspired by just like the coolest randomness uh things that i see musicians doing on tiktok so more more power to that
0: yeah well uh, i mean it's, it's great that you've uh been playing around with it uh i personally think that it's really good for artists uh in a couple of different ways because i mean like youtube uh the best thing about it is exploring the worst part about it is uh when you post something some of the non-constructive critical feedback um it's not so great and i haven't really seen um too much negativity on um on like either like instagram and tiktok and i, I feel like it, it kind of gets you um you know closer to to the people that uh that enjoy what you, what you do
1: yeah yeah i totally feel that i think um i <laughs> I I was watching a TikTok and they were explaining this. Um, They were talking about, uh, about how like TikTok videos, like great creators without realizing it, utilize like visual grammar and how they, like the way that the videos are shot and how I guess real they seem and how spontaneous they are make people want to hear more. and want to stick around and where they just feel a lot more connected to it. And that's something that I, I at least feel when I watch TikTok because I love, I love, love, love polished, beautiful, perfect content as much as the next person. Like, like I'm here for the press photos and I'm here for the beautifully edited YouTube videos, but there is something so special about just like chuckling or like feeling really understood by someone who just kind of turned on their phone and like put on like the selfie camera and just like talks. At least that's that's the kind of TikTok that I've been on. And I, I feel like I, I really understand that. And I would love to be able to, to reach more people. And I think what a better way to feel like a real person than to make content that is not supposed to be made with fancy equipment or anything like that.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, and honestly, in a lot of situations, you don't really need uh, the the fancy equipment, especially to to no, start yeah. out.
1: Definitely like, not.
0: Yeah, because uh, I mean, like, I'm I'm a I'm a photographer, and when people try to get into uh, photography, I always tell them like either buy like. A used camera or something that's that's uh, a bit on the cheaper side, because you don't need to go out there and spend like a thousand dollars on a camera because you probably won't know how to use it anyway. Um, whereas you can spend a couple hundred bucks on a cheaper camera that's a lot easier to use. It makes the learning experience just so much better, and I'm I'm sure it's it's kind of like that uh, in the music world as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it totally is I. And I, I love um all those YouTube videos that are like, ah, like, is this with my phone or is this with like a $5,000 camera? Like, I love that. And I think like there's definitely music equivalents to that, too, where um, some of my favorite vocal recordings were like through voice memo um, recordings or, or like, um, like some of the coolest beats are made out of just found sounds or like stock logic or Ableton samples. And I love that. I love like any sort of um, resourcefulness and just taking like the stuff that's around you and creating something that people don't expect out of it with like the tools that you have. Um, so yeah, I, I really, really feel that. And for the longest time, I think one of the my favorite compliments that I've ever gotten is anytime I ever get a message asking me what studio I record out of, because I've never done that. And it just, it just makes me so happy to think that, you know, whether it was just how the song sounds like as the final product, or I don't know, any sort of like, audio deception that was done like i think i think it's just great to be like you know what no nothing fancy anyone can do this um you everyone can make cool stuff
0: oh yeah Uh, especially this day and age i mean like uh you know your your cheapest cell phones that you you know buy from walmart uh are going to be able to record and uh, do things that 20 years ago you would have never been able to do without, you know, spending a lot of money. So yeah,
1: uh, totally. I had a, one of my friends and he's also an amazing producer. He went to Berkeley and he told me that one of the first things that like his hardest and like best professor told the class, he like pointed to everyone's like laptop and was like, you have more access to stuff that can make music that's better than like you have more tools than producers like 50 years ago so you have no excuse to make bad music (laughs) and he was just like oh my gosh that's so terrifying for someone to be like you have no excuses like you definitely can make fantastic like competitive commercial music with just your computer and he was so right. And even though I wasn't the one sitting in that class, I'm like, oh, I always like try to remind myself every time I'm like, oh, I wish I had this plugin or I wish I could buy this and thinking like, you know what, it doesn't It doesn't really matter. Like toys are fun, but they're not necessary.
0: Oh yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's 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 all about, you know, using what you have and, and making the, the best of it. And we're, we're lucky uh, that, you know, even the even the cheapest little things are just so uh, capable of so, so many complex things now. I, I mean, uh, um, you know, as a producer, I, I know that you you probably use um a, a lot of uh software to to make your your music. Is, is there anything like uh like particular that like that you like to use to to produce?
1: Hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm very much like a I'm a very messy person in general. I desperately want to be organized, but I find that the less things I have, the easier it is for me to execute my ideas. So I use logic, but I am always like, you know it really doesn't matter what doll you use as long as you pick one um and I think my favorite thing to use is just splice um I have. Like a few like libraries here and there, but I like for me splice is kind of like walking into a thrift store. I loved thrifting. That's like, like if I didn't do music at all, I feel like I would just I don't know. I would try to do something in fashion or fashion adjacent. And my favorite thing about thrifting is you don't have to come in with any sort of like set idea. I mean, you could you could have like an outfit that you want to create, but sometimes you just see something and that kind of directs you towards all the other pieces that you want to find and so that's kind of how i feel about splice where a lot of people kind of knock it because um some people kind of find think that using splice means like you're not a real producer because you know you didn't physically make these samples but for me i'm like they're just they're just legos they're just building blocks like you you know no one said that you had to just Stack all the same samples on top of each other and call it a day. Um, you can cut it up. You can put some stuff on it. You can make it weird. You can uh, put it in a musical context um, according to you know the song. I usually write a song first before producing. So you know if I have like a a sad ballet type song, um, I like choosing sounds that either juxtapose that feeling or like really put me in a in a room or a space that makes me feel whatever it was that I was feeling when I was writing the song. So I think like I think it just it just kind of feels like flipping through racks of clothes and and putting it next to like my my body and being like, does this fit? And and kind of going from there and it's it's like exploring and I think that's that's something that like I only get through using um Using a platform like Splice, so that has been like my favorite thing. And then the second thing that I really love is just like a great um soft piano plugin. Um, I use I don't use it as much anymore, but I used to use Spitfire Audio's soft piano plugin for everything and it's just a free um software of like the most beautiful, delicate piano sound. Um I heard that a lot of film composers use it and um for something that costs you nothing i think it just it's so emotional sounding and even if i don't end up having piano on the track it's it's just an inspiring sound to to start with so i'm going to say those two are my favorite uh software and things to use when i'm, I'm making music
0: well that's pretty cool I, i've not heard of either of those and i'm, I'm really interested in uh in splice um i, I just pulled up uh just a little search on it. And, uh, I, I see it does, uh, it has a uh, royalty free samples. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, that's, that is one of the best things, uh, that, that you, you can have because like, there's, there's so much out there, uh, that's not royalty free. And if you accidentally use it, you know, you got to pay those fees. Um, so it's, it's pretty cool that, that there's, that there is something out there that kind of gives you access to, um, you know, all of that royalty free uh, music.
1: Yeah. It's, it's amazing. I, it's, um, it just becomes like a playground and I like, one of my like goals is to have like my own like sample pack out on splice. And, um, I feel like pretty, yeah. I feel like I would have a lot of ideas, especially like for like vocal, um, samples and chops and things like that. And I've certainly been inspired by other people's stuff. And it's, uh, yeah, and it's totally affordable. I think it's like $10 a month. And it's something that I feel like it's unlimited. Whereas I think other software, I think it it's meant for a particular style. And Splice can work with anything. I've used it for ballads pop songs like film score stuff and it's served me so well so not an ad for splice but uh would <laughs> uh would recommend
0: <laughs> well i'm, I'm definitely i'm definitely gonna look into it i, I mean it, it it sounds like uh there's a lot of uh potential use out of it uh that that i could get uh because uh i'm trying to um to get into music uh, myself, uh, I, I'm, I'm really going to kind of try and start with like Fruity Loops and then branch yeah. out, branch out from there. Um, but, um, I mean, it's the, the great thing about talking to, to artists such as yourself is, is, um, I, I, I get a better understanding of, of what it takes to, um, to, uh, to really, to really do it, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah some of my favorite producers work out of FL studio, like uh, laxity who produced just try, um, which I think is my second most popular song on Spotify at the moment, like he works out of FL studio and my favorite producer of all time, Lido, I think does as well. And um, he's actually like, one of the first people who I think put it into my head that like, it was it's an advantage not to not to know exactly the right thing to do when you're when you're producing. Because when I, I remember when I first started, um, I was like, Oh, I don't know how to make cool bass sounds. Or I don't know, like, I know, I want to have this who sound, but like, how do I do that? Like, all I know how to do is like, sing, (laughs) and like play keys. And I think he did like a talk on the on like a berkeley live stream and was like when i was living in like the farms of norway i didn't either and i just guessed and like (coughs) oh excuse me um and somehow i came close to the sound but it sounds a little bit different and so i always find that his production has this very unique sound and it comes from not really knowing how to do the actual thing and ending up in in a space that's even cooler in my opinion
0: oh yeah well I mean, that that I'm sure kind of gives you, uh, or gives gives that artist an interesting way of uh, of making music because uh, sometimes not knowing the correct way to do it in some ways can be an advantage because you're you can come up with something that maybe no one's thought about before. So that's 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 kind of cool.
1: Yeah, I really think so. Um, and I think uh, you're not bound to your tools and 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 you just learn, um, I guess you don't get stuck on like the rules. Again, I think like too many people, and I was definitely one of them that kind of felt like, oh, like well, this has to sound like this. So I have to do these steps in order to get this sort of outcome. And that's, I think, how music starts sounding stale and uninspired when we think that there's only one path to get to a certain sound so um not to say that like rules are great shortcuts are amazing like saving time and and not not spending hours on every single sound is definitely beneficial and the thing to do but for some for certain things i think it's cool to take the long route
0: oh yeah Oh yeah, I, I mean, there's just uh, so many different ways that, that you can kind of learn something by, you know, picking at something here and then picking at something over there, and then you know, over over time, just figuring out like how you can make those those things coming from different directions work together.
1: And uh, totally, yeah.
0: And uh, I, I'm sure you, you know, as a producer, I, I mean, that, that's you know a lot of what you do anyway, so. Yes. Well, uh, we have went over uh, a little bit over time. And uh, so I just wanted to see, was there anything else that you'd want to bring up uh, or share your socials or anything?
1: Yeah, I would I would love to. Um, yeah, I have a new single coming out on Friday, May 28th called Bet You Left It Out. And the following Friday, I also have a music video that I made and I'm super proud of of both of those things. And on the eve of the release, I will be hosting a little live stream concert on YouTube. So if you follow me on at this is Emia, spelled T-H-I-S-I-S-E-M-I-A, I post all my shenanigans on there. Um, You can also find me on my website. This is emia.com. And that's also kind of like a home base with all. Hello? On those two places. Yes. Oh, can you hear me? (laughs) Yeah,
0: I can hear you now. uh... Okay.
1: Um, I was just saying my website and this is emia.com and saying that um, yeah, if you go there, you'll find all the. It's the map for anywhere you need to go in terms of uh, finding me on the other corners of the internet. And yeah, thank you so much for having me. I I had a great time just just chatting about life and music and um, yeah, so excited for for everyone to hear our, our conversation.
0: Mm-hmm. Me too. Me too. This is this has been uh, one of my favorite ones.
1: Ah, so happy to hear that. Thank you.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I appreciate you coming on and uh, I'm going to let you go.
1: Thank you so much. Have a wonderful rest of your day and uh, we'll talk soon. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye now.